ladies and gentlemen, here we are. Sam, we made it. We're here. We finally got our interface, our microphones. <laughs> I, we feel official now. We got a discussion going. I've always felt official. We're live recording. <laughs> this is incredible. We are here at the Mountain Podcast. Excited to be here. I'm with Senior Pastor. Is that an appropriate title? Is, is that too, are you too young for Senior Pastor? I, I think there's an age thing on that, right? Sure. I think like we have to use a young, trendy term. Lead pastor. Yeah. Connect pastor. Connect pastor. I culture feel, pastor. I feel like, oh, culture pastor. <laughs> I feel like connect pastor would be like the associate pastor. Yeah, no, that's true. This is our lead pastor. This is our connect pastor. Connect. This is our this is our guy who connects you to the connect pastor, <laughs> who eventually leads you to the lead pastor. Got layers to this stuff, man. Yeah, I'll just say I'll just say it now. We are here with Pastor Samuel Paul Bernard Roger Goulet. Big uh, last name. <laughs> Those are three middle names. I have one last. Wow, name. totally yep. screwed that one up. It's all good though. It's only we've only known each other for a few years. Yeah, that's right. You're 20. gonna be, bro. You're gonna be thirty soon. Uh, yeah. I've known you 26, since... 26, 27. Uh, close, 25. We were in preschool together. That's four, right? No, we were in kindergarten together. We digress. Yeah. <laughs> it was five, six, five, six years old. We digress. But we are here because we are talking about uh, a discussion from one of the sermon series you had. Yep. And it was the Mountain Sermon Series. Can you just kind of give folks what a synopsis. yeah a little synopsis a little sure. roundabout way of talking about what it was yeah uh so our church is called the mountain church um and a profound and powerful element to me in our journey with the lord is our ability to move mountains effectively this can mean a lot but it all boils down to one root element that exists inside of us and that's the faith to move mountains uh jesus talked about it if you uh, have faith as small as mustard seed, you'll be able to say to this mountain, move, and it'll be moved. So essentially, it is taking a look at the person. Not a conversation over like the mountains of this world and the influence of the entertainment mountain, the right. church mountain, the political mountain, and the, all those kinds of mountains. That's an amazing concept teaching, and but that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about the person that's involved in transcending or moving those mountains and the, the quality of faith and the journey with the, with the Lord that uh, really puts a demand on you to journey with the Lord in a manner that is really exploring like, okay, impact, influence. And if, uh, if I'm walking with the Lord and I'm not having any, any fruit in that capacity, what's going on? Uh, so faith would lead to works and works that would be influential and impactful. So it really is a sermon series and discussion about that narrative. What does it look like to walk in a manner that is truly powerful to the degree that it moves mountains, big things that you didn't think you could move? So what are some of the things that you think uh, for you in your own personal life? What are some big things that you know you've had to move before? That's a good question. I think that the personally you move, and it's something I said in the sermon series, you move the mountains within to move the mountains of this world. Uh, Nobody begins moving the mountains of this world or influence outside of themselves without first influencing and seeing the things that they didn't believe they could change or grow in, change and grow in in themselves. Uh, So for me, I think the first steps were uh, addiction, being freed in addiction and seeing the Lord journey with me in that way so that my faith grew to the degree that I walked 
out freedom and then continue to walk out freedom. Uh, so that would be a huge element of growth in my faith to see like, whoa, I did not like there's points in addiction where, you know, you didn't think you would right? like, no. you're like, I don't know like how. And then all of a sudden you just begin to have these encounters and Jesus becomes more real to you. And he becomes real to you in that specific way where you were weak, he was strong, and then he taught you, grew you, and, and broke you free from chains. So I think my first regard for faith and like the ability to move mountains was that those mountains of addiction in me, those mountains of uh, those mountains of certain lifestyle things that you know, just existed in me, uh, and just Jesus in partnership and love just showing me how to move them. That's super interesting that you say that because I know that I battled, I had a really bad battle with an alcohol addiction and looking back on it, I don't, I never saw that as like a mountain that I needed to go over. Yeah. That's super interesting. I always thought it was like (laughs) a swamp for me. Yeah. And it was like wading through a swamp (laughs) and then like getting out of a swamp and coming out of that. So that's interesting. The mindset you're almost you kind of change the narrative when you say that it's a it's a mountain to overcome. So you get over this mountain, then what? Yeah, like do you get over it? Do you move it? Do you dig it out? I, you know, right. There's a lot of like analogies that we could draw from, and even the swamp analogy is this feeling of stock. Like I'm ugh, and I'm slowly trying to trudge through this thing, but I I can't even begin to figure out how or why. And uh, there's you just it all looks the same. It's all icky. You feel nasty. Um, but uh, so whatever analogy you use, the dynamic is the same. It's something that you feel is bigger than yourself. Right. Something that you feel in your own power strength you can't get through. You don't know how to get through. And it seems too big to get through. Uh, the Israelites saw it in the desert. Uh, you look at just so many different stories in the word where there's like, this is bigger than me. And I don't, I don't even know. Right. Uh, and, and those, those are the situations in the times where we have an opportunity to grow in faith and watch God grow us, uh, or we have an opportunity to cower at the Goliaths of our life and, and stand on the sideline and go, man, it'd be great if somebody could defeat this guy for us, you know, and we'd be free. Uh, but the journey for us is not following a leader that wins our battles for us, but the journey for us is learning how to be the victor in our journey and learning how to move the mountains in our life. And it's going to test us beyond ourselves. So it's the whole journey, you know, that we, it starts within. And that stewardship with, within your own right leads you to the capacity to then steward with other people and partner with other people. And it really does kind of phase and evolve like that from within to without and to outside of you with a partner or with somebody. And then you begin to father them. You begin to disciple them. You're like, wow, look at this dynamic. It's, it's so different. And then you meet hurdles there. And then it goes from one person to a group to a larger group. And then at some point it may reach the masses. Right. But it always begins within. And that's the first lesson of moving mountains. That's the first regard for moving mountains. And it evolves and kind of graduates from there. What do you think holds people back? Like what's a common theme that really holds people back from really personally going through their own, uh, their own, like you said, finding their inner self and overcoming their own mountain within them. What do you think is a common thread that holds people back? I think defeat is profound. I think defeat, on one angle 
trying it from this perspective usually teaches people that it's not going to work. Usually people come to the conclusion that I've tried it and it didn't work. So defeat has such a, a huge impact. You look at it from like a simple perspective, like I've played sports my whole life uh, and defeat is like just huge to discouraging people. And the fear of defeat discourages people, even the idea that they possibly might lose. I just remember in so many games we were down by, you were losing, you're getting blown out. It's the fourth quarter and people's effort changes. They stop trying as hard because they're like, well, the game's over. Uh, They stop giving it their full effort. They stop thinking about growing because when defeat is assumed or anticipated, effort goes way down. Uh, Anticipation goes way down. Hope is gone. The, the ability or the capacity to dream or have passion has just dissipated entirely. So you see that defeat has this incredible sting on our progress, on our desire for motivation or believe we can change and grow and, and why and even attempting to. So this, this anticipation of defeat is just profound on our motivation. Uh, and this is why we have to change the narrative of defeat. That defeat is more more effective a teacher than victory, and if we begin to change the sting of death on defeat, um, and and on on like personal loss, uh, like where Paul talked about counting it counting it a joy to go through loss and counting trials as joy, or Jesus is like uh, um, you know uh, talking about what it looks like to take pick up your cross and follow him every single day, like death defeat loss, trial, suffering, persecution, all take on a different narrative than, than producing and manufacturing hopelessness. They produce like an excitement over like, oh, I found lack. Now this is the area that God is going to impart or add to me. So it should speak to and prophesy to your potential for growth rather than discourage you because if it discourages you, it just means that you're so insecure and rooted in like needing people to affirm you and see you as great. And that's just not a growth trajectory. You're just desiring to be accepted. Well, some of that's fear too. Oh. I mean, we, I mean, defeat, I think it all stems back to fear. Fear of man, fear of wanting to do well, fear of yeah, fear. Fear is, I think, the thing that keeps most people from overcoming their mountain or getting over their mountain. And I don't know if that's, that goes hand in hand, the defeat and fear, or does um, you being fearful then cause you to be defeated? I don't know. What do you think? Well, I I think that victory really isn't, it can't be our terms for success. Growth has to be. Sure. So growth is our term for success. Then uh, it changes the way we approach potential defeat. Because defeat isn't our uh, defeat or, or victory aren't our terms for success. Growth is. I grow. F- frankly, I grow more in loss and defeat than I do in victory. Exactly. Uh, I didn't really make that rule up. It just seems to be the nature of yeah. how it goes with human nature. We we are motivated by that defeat more than we are are that victory. So, uh, in that capacity, you look at even the Golden State Warriors. Their motivation has declined, and as they've won more. So victory has only encouraged apathy and or tempted them to apathy and just getting complacent and resting on their 
past victories and and you'll hear Kerr, Steve Kerr, the head coach, talk about it. You'll hear all the players talk about the grind of what it's like, like basically just mulling over the regular season, waiting for the playoffs and just kind of they, they want to turn that switch on. Shaq and Kobe were the same when they were just winning everything. <laughs> it's just like they, they, they call it turn on the switch because they're just kind of waiting till it matters kind of a thing because right. it's a championship or bust. But the defeat has this profound. It's an instructor. That's a profound instructor. It's you know. It's it's the Bill Johnson of instruction rather than you know who, whoever the the bad communicator on the street corner is. And it's it's the it's the really profound teacher. You know, it causes you to reckon with your posture, right? And go why, why have I? Why am I here? It's it's the guy that just got dumped. He's so much more introspective and desiring to grow and change than the guy who's in the middle of like a relationship a year and a half that's not going anywhere. You know what I mean? He's getting all of it. He's getting all of his like emotional needs met, but he's not really like in a real. So he's not asking those like, how, how do I change? How do I grow? How do I become yeah. a great boyfriend? How do I become a great husband? Yeah. You know, you got to really engage that like hunger and thirst. I saw this comedian last night and he was, t- <laughs> he talked about like, I'm an all in guy. Right at the beginning. He mm-hmm. goes, girls don't like all-in guys at the beginning. <laughs> and he goes, second date, I had a horse-drawn carriage. <laughs> I think that may be a little... But it's interesting, like, you go through a breakup. Yeah. You go, okay, what What did I... What could I have done better? Yeah. I, I, I know people that go, oh, d- d- just... Uh, they all, they just break up with me. I don't, I don't understand. Like we were, and then they. Uh, I saw something that was really interesting. It says every failed relationship, there's always a common denominator: you. Yeah. <laughs> Might want to take a look at yourself. Something's going on there. Well, and if we're talking about moving mountains, it's, it's if this mountain is in my life continually and perpetually, it's simple. I haven't found right. I haven't found the faith to move it right. So it's this, simple. So that's good. So this leads me to my next question. We're about halfway through here. I want I want to ask you this. So where where do we put our faith? That's a so okay. Like investment of faith. Like you're looking at it as like an actual like change in a vending machine. Yeah, that's that's interesting. I've always looked at faith more as like an expression of relationship than an investment. I, I've seen faith as like when I journey with the Lord, when I journey with Jesus, walk with Him. It's a trust factor. You know, I say, yeah, I'll walk with you wherever. Right. Like there's an outcome-based thing that we desire. Like I want to know the outcome. I want to know what I'm going to look like. I want to know what I'm sound like. And I want to know what my strengths are. And I want to depend on my strengths. Uh, and we want this comfort of strength. But it's this journey with Jesus where he's like, okay, you're going to walk with me. And, uh, and when I ask you to walk with me, it's going to be in your weakness. So it's this challenging dynamic where he doesn't ask you to walk with him by your gifts because your gifts are from God and they're, you get to keep them. They're just there without repentance. That's good. By. They're irrevocable. This That's really good. The gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. So I don't get, I don't really walk with God by faith through my gifts. That's good. I walk with him by the things that I'm not, that I lack in. So... I've always looked at it as a relational expression of being vulnerable and weak with, with Jesus and choosing to walk with him in those areas and trusting him that he'll supply grace and strength for me to walk out intimacy in weakness. That's really good. I've always seen it like that. It's like relationship. That is good. Yeah. I, I've, I, I could see where you're coming from. For me, it's always kind of been both. Yeah. 
oh, well, I have this ability. I, I want to put my faith in like what I'm able to do. But then like, I think for me at the beginning, it's like, oh, well, first and foremost, I'm a child of God. Yeah. If I put my faith in that, then everything that I have fear over totally kind of like wipes that away. I have a, I have faith knowing that I'm a child of God and yeah. that where God is in my life, yeah. no matter where I'm at, whether it be the lowest place or the highest place, I'm walking with his grace over me. Yeah. So that's really interesting. Okay. What does... Uh, but don't you think that... So like Jesus is like, I'm only good because I see my what my father does and I right. do it. So I pre- I'm perceived as good, but I mirror my actions to father. Only father is good. So like Jesus like drew like this model and this template for like my goodness is in patterning myself after father. So if, if I get to keep my gifts without any the commitment to patterning myself after father, then like I'm leaning on my own understanding and strength as far as I've seen it for myself. And I, I've always desired to take no credit, no confidence from my gift mix, even though it's incredibly difficult because at times your gifts make you feel strong. Like you can just do whatever you want. I got it. You know, cause you're, it's this piece of God you get to just like carry it. It's so cool, you know? But like I've tried to take no like relational confidence from it because it just, it tempts me from independence from God. It tempts me to oh. walk on my own strength, you know? Okay. It's like, I'm good here. I could be like God without God. Right. And faith then is absent entirely. Interesting. Because your gift walk requires zero faith. You wow. Know? So your gifts just tempt you to this independency, you know, like Samson, he had all these incredible gifts. Yeah. Just his independence from God. He just did things just on his own strength. You know? <laughs> Literally, I know, right? <laughs> but I, I think that it's for us, like this journey of like moving mountains is simply like us not tapping into our gift mix or our strength mix, but it's us tapping into this, this model of like, I will be able to move this mountain uh, in my weakness because I can only move it by grace, you know, by great faith. You know, if, if you have faith, you'll be able to say to this mountain, move and it will be moved. So I think it's in this faith dynamic that I see great mountains, things bigger than me moved. But in my gift dynamic, I'll see things that are about my size or like a stone. I could throw those. I can move those. I could do some cool things with them. You know, I could build like a little cool like thing, you know, like a little cool like stone on stone like pyramid thing. And like people see it on a mountain when they go up and go, oh, look, somebody spent an hour doing that. <laughs> what a waste of time. And, <laughs> and you know what I mean? Like it's like, oh, that's cool. Like anybody could do that um, because everybody has gifts from God. But not everybody like sees the kind of faith walk where just like they're like, hey, I think there was a mountain here. Hmm. I, wa- I drove by this mountain yesterday. I'm pretty sure there's a mountain here. Where did this mountain go? And then it's just like in the sea, like the, the, the beach. Newport Beach is no longer a beach because yeah. there's a mountain there. Yeah. You know, that's cool. Like to me, that is like something where the, the world looks at it. People look at it and go, who's your God? Hmm. Like, who is your God? Because I really need to know that God that moves mountains. Wow. Doesn't stack pebbles, but moves mountains. Wow. That's really good. I think that's relationship worth having. Man, I'll say so. (laughs) Man, you have the gift of wisdom, my friend. (laughs) So much wisdom, so much knowledge. All right, my next question here. Um, 
we talk about moving mountains, we talk about faith. I think when I think of that as well, uh, faith and moving mountains, I, I feel that there's a there's change that needs to happen within you. Yeah. So I think my question is, what does change breed? What comes out of wanting to go, oh, I want to change? Well, I think it goes back to Jesus saying, I do as I see my father do, and I say as my father says. And he, he patterned change off of this commitment to obedience. So in, in change, there's two dynamics. One, seeking the voice of God. Two, being just dynamically and fiercely committed to doing whatever that voice says. Because uh, that is the dynamic of relationship that's really amazing with God is, what's your, what are you saying? I want to know. I want to know. I'm so excited to find out what you're saying. What do I do? What do I do? I'm so excited to find out. I'm not like, oh, you're going to strike me lightning if I don't do what you... <laughs> it's like a love dynamic, right? So it's not a fear dynamic. So you're like, I'm so excited to know what he's saying and doing in the earth and I want to partner with it. I want to do it. So this is just thirst to know what he's saying and doing. And then there's like this responsiveness to his voice to say, yes, just yes. Like it's going to cost me everything, but yes. So I think that like when people are looking for this recipe, one, two, three step to change, it's okay, we'll hear God's voice and do whatever he says or whatever he's doing, no matter what the cost. Yeah. And when people look at their life and growth trajectory, I think they'll see that they all, they've grown when they've done that mm. and they stall when they don't. And you can always look at it there and go, oh, I heard that from God and I just didn't do it. <laughs> or like I planned to do it, but then I didn't. You know what I mean? And yeah. like they have this kind of like conviction for a moment, but then they have no, they have no like pursuit to like obey. And they're, 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 their yes was very flimsy. It was like, yeah, okay. So why, why do you think the yes is flimsy? Is it a fear thing? Is it, a, is it that whole like, like self defeat thing again that comes creeping up again or what? It could be any and all of them. When, when you say yes, it will cost you everything. Yeah. Yeah. So usually when somebody says yes and they didn't count the cost <laughs> or they meet a price that they're like, Whoa, I didn't know I was going to pay that price. Yeah. It's like marriage. Yeah, yep. <laughs> it's it's actually exactly like that. Like that covenant of marriage yeah. is cinematic, and it's it's a it's you know Christ is our bride uh, groom and we're the bride. Uh, so that marriage covenant marriage thing is such a pattern and a symbol for our journey. Yeah, and the capacity for growth is measured, or the potential for growth is measured by our willingness to give and surrender no matter what the cost is when we hear his voice. Yeah. Your potential will only be realized based on your willingness to pay that price. Yeah. And some people's, some people's, I wasn't willing to pay it shows up when it has to do with their career. Some yeah. people's, I wasn't willing to pay it shows up when their romance life gets brought up yep. or their relationship life with friends, yep. uh, drug life, consumption life of media or uh, things uh, drugs and alcohol uh, addiction life it just everybody's tested fully and thoroughly in their journey with the Lord uh, and those that walk out the fullness of that faith journey are the ones that are willing to go yep yeah I see the price and I pay it all yeah 
Pick up your cross daily. Follow me. If you want to have life in me, give up your life. Yeah. Abide in me and I'll abide in you. I think when you change your mindset, I think there's something very freeing when you say yes to that. Oh. When you say yes to what Jesus has for you, you say yes to Jesus walking with you. Yeah. There's something very freeing in that, knowing that you'll probably fail at something. But <laughs> guess what? You're still walking with Jesus and he still got your back and he's still with you. Yeah. Because bondage at that point would simply be living in your own life. Yeah. Yeah. Like your own life becomes the chains. That's how I see it, at least. If, if, if God called me to live in him and leave my life, then living in my own life is bondage yeah. compared to living in him. Yeah. So I think anything that's not living in him is just bondage. That's good. Yeah. That's real good. Well, we're, we're just about done here. We are at the ending point here. Um, if you haven't listened to the mountain series yet on our podcast, go and listen to that whole series first before you come and listen, uh, to this. Um, this has been a great discussion. Sam, do you have any closing thoughts? Uh, journey with God, find him yeah. and go and do whatever he says, be, become whoever he is. Just never doubt that he can do it in you. That's good. Just never doubt it. It's that's a that's a foolish thing to do. He's really amazing, and he'll do it in you. He's the he's the author and the perfecter of your faith. So, trust him implicitly. Yeah. I'm going to close with this scripture. It's in Deuteronomy. It says, "Be strong and courageous." We all know this. Be strong and courageous, and do not be terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you, nor forsake you. And all of history, he has never left anyone nor forsake them. So he won't do it for you. <laughs> Folks, I want to thank you for joining us here today in the Mountain Podcast. We we're discussing uh, the mountain. Yeah. Tune in next time for our next discussion. It should be up here pretty soon. Um, again, thanks for joining us. If you haven't subscribed to our podcast, hit the subscribe button so that you can get weekly content that's coming out of this and uh, we really appreciate you guys being with us with that being said my name is donovan and i am samuel and we will see you guys next time